Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes. Ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota, and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. Good morning and always welcoming your real estate-related questions, either by phone or by text. And before we say hi to the guys, 651-989-9226 or send a text, 81 81- Eight zero seven. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Hope your holiday was and still is a good. Now, is this kind of a quiet period in the real estate biz for you guys because of, you know, family, holiday, all that? Yeah, typically this holiday weekend is pretty slow. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was. Yesterday it was, it was hard. I'm like, let's go. And there's nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Chris and I were talking about at the uh, – we went to breakfast before the show and we were both – we're both so used to working. Sure. At a, at a whim. You know, somebody calls and there's an offer that wants to be placed or there's an offer that comes in on a property. So there's not a lot of days that we can say, hey, I'm going to take that day off and just sit back and, you know, and relax, truly relax, which is probably a sad thing to some people. But it's for us, it's 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 our personalities. We thrive on that kind of environment where we both like to be ready to go and on. And uh, I do. I have a hard time, as they say, just, you know, sitting on the couch watching watching the old movies. But my my kids always say, "Okay, Dad, you can clean the garage if you watch a movie." You know, so they kind of, <laughs> yeah. So. Now, now you've addressed this issue before, as far as new agents, people mm-hmm. thinking about coming into the real estate business, becoming realtors. Yeah, uh, but they're not necessarily uh, realizing that. Wait a minute, this is a seven day a week job, maybe. It yeah, totally is. I, I, it reminds me of a story when Andy started talking about that. Uh, along with yours, Danny was. I remember my kid. It was his fifth five-year-old birthday and i came about an hour late to his oh, birthday yeah. and i'm like all right that that can't happen anymore right, right. you know and so what i do i mean for mine is i always put the, their stuff into the calendar first mm-hmm. and then Good. i just work around it it's and priorities I've been doing that for, sure. for Absolutely. 20 years almost 20 years now so and it works great and everyone respects that too i think that's uh I think that's good. I think a lot of realtors say, oh, when do you want to see it? Whenever you want. You know, we'll be whatever. Well, I think that's that, Denny. I think that's the number one problem with most new agents is time management. And I I, I know that term is used loosely in in a lot of different environments. But truly meaning that you invest your time, put the things on the calendar that are important to you first, obviously, and then you work into the – like a lot of times we get distracted during the day and there's 75 things you can do except for the things that are most important like talking to your clients and, you know, actually getting out there and doing the new agent stuff that has to be done. 
um, you know, contacting the people, letting them know you're in the business, Sim- simple things that you wouldn't normally think about. But it's a lot of those agents just run around trying to be busy and they think they're working and they're not. You have to be profitable as long as you're working too. And so, you know, it's it, anyway, we're kind of getting off track. We're getting into one of our new agent training classes, but the, uh, which by the way, we are hiring, both of us are looking for agents too. So, mm, all right. Yeah. Uh, what, what are we going to do today on the show? You know, we were thinking about talking probably about what things you need to know before accepting an offer. A lot of people just say, you know, oh, geez, I've got it listed at this and I'll I'll pay you that. But it's all the other factors that come involved because, I mean, ultimately the goal is is to get it closed and get your money. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And Travis Whitford with Bay Equity uh, is nice enough to join us again. We're going to talk a little bit about – you know, our stock market has kind of been hitting a little lull here the last few days. And yeah. What that does to interest rates and uh, be able to answer any other questions that people have. And again, uh, speaking of questions, if you have a question, a real estate type of question, call it in or text it in 651-989-9226 or send a text 81807. Should we go to the phones? Sure. Let's do yeah. that. Uh, Tom is first up here from Eden Prairie. Tom, what is your question for the guys? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. My question is whether we should leave our home on the market during like December and January. Um, we put our house on the market in March of this year. It sold in June, but the buyers backed out right before closing in August. Uh, we immediately put it back on the market. Hasn't sold yet. It's a, a larger home with, with five bedrooms and a home office on the second story. Kind of unique. We're looking for that particular buyer. But we don't know if we give the home a rest, take it off the market, or leave it on. It's a good, good question. Million-dollar question right there, yeah. Well, it is. And I think, too, you have to – I always tell people when we do this, because we have. We've taken some off now the market, um, but we've left others on. And there's a strategy to all of that. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, the owner gets to decide what the owner wants to do. But there's some strategies involved in that maybe – it, depending on what kind of lot you're on and what your attributes are from that lot. So say mm-hmm. you're on the lake, you know, or it's a acreage and, you know, just or you back up to a highway and now all the leaves are gone off the trees. You know, there's there's strategies involved in, in taking that off. Now, this person's been on since March. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a sad story that I've heard and it happened to me too is that they sold it pretty mm-hmm. quick, yep. you know, that it didn't close in August. Well, then the market kind of just kind of leveled off, totally changed. And uh, I think in this case, without seeing it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I I would be giving it a rest. Well, you know, and that's that's where Chris and I both have I have opinions on both sides of the conversation because I think that there's um, if if you're still getting showings, Tom, I think it's very important to really take a hard look at what the feedback is telling you. Now, if they say they don't like your lot or your location, you can't do much about that. But if you can, you know, change a view, you can maybe declutter the the exterior. Maybe it's a fresh paint job in the spring or, you know, new, whatever it might be. Cause it sounds like you have a more of an executive level home and making sure to also take a look at, I would, I would, if you were going to take a break, use that break as an opportunity to bring in a stager or a professional interior designer to get you more in check with what that price point has uh, for amenities that people are looking for. Maybe a fresh, uh, a freshening or a light remodel of some of the rooms may also bring you back into more demand. But I'll tell you what, when you get a showing in December, between now and Christmas, you get a showing now, those people are buyers. So do everything in your power to work with those people. You make sure that the showings are available when they want to do it. You know, I don't care if you have to, I mean, literally get up in the middle of a dinner to make that accommodation for that showing. That's how few of them you'll get. But when they are coming along, they usually are closable, buyable people. So, 
What's your opinion on that, Chris? What do you think about that? No, you're right. I mean, this the people that are looking right now are serious about purchasing. Yes. Um, I just think, you know, in in his case, I mean, I think it did sell, you know, mm-hmm. and it sold pretty quick. And so maybe I don't know if there's something wrong or not wrong, but right. sometimes sometimes it just needs uh my 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 headset's going weird, so Ooh. that's why I'm talking. Yeah. Uh it's not I can't just hear the myself. Yeah, yeah. But uh <laughs> Anyways, I think that um, it just – in his case, depending on where that price range is too mm-hmm. because I'll tell you what, the bigger houses sell right now too. They, well, no, they and, do. and we – Chris, you know, I agree with you and I think one last little thing is this. Right now there's less competition because more people do pull off the market. If you do wait till the spring market, just remember that you're adding a lot more people to the market. Like when everybody else thinks, hey, let's list in the spring – we had more of that cyclical kind of – so you may all of a sudden right now you have two people you're competing against that are for sale. Good Come point. spring, you might have 15. Yep, totally. Now you, you say that in some cases uh, people, prospective client, uh, buyers will give you like a review comments like, well, we don't like the house because of the paint or the color or the feedback. yard or the, yeah, the, feedback. the feedback. Are they pretty honest about that? Unfortunately, sometimes yes. Some too too honest. Well, you know, and it, if it's if it's constructive, I say bring it on. You yeah, know what I mean? Like right. help us to make our house more attractive because at at a certain price and at a certain you know um, beauty level, if you will, the prettiest house at the best price sells next. So, what can we do to quote make it pretty? Um, that might be something as cleaning or decluttering or something simple. It doesn't have to be you know cosmetic. It could be you know or it is usually cosmetic. Excuse me. And a minor adjustment can sometimes make a world of difference when somebody comes. Like, for an example, Denny, let's say we go to show a house to you this afternoon. Yeah. None of the lights are on. There's, you know, there's um, the the uh, Christmas display is tipped over in the front yard. And you get the, you think it's abandoned. And it's all of a sudden starts making you think thoughts that are not necessarily appropriate for that property. Versus you show up, the Christmas lights or the holiday lights are on in the front of the house. The, the, the music's playing inside. The lights are on. They've actually made an effort to present that house to you in its best light. And um, that that's a big difference in your showings too. Yeah, and I think sometimes feedback with other agents. I mean, there's there might be some other uh, parts set, but I think it's really important that if we didn't tell the seller that from the beginning, then shame on us. Yeah, I mean, because true. a lot of people list it and then oh, geez, I should have told you about new carpet, you know, and because this realtor just said it. Now it's that realtor's fault versus your. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't agree but with that. But this is a whole other show topic and we I right. have to go to break, but I think that there's something to be said for when you're interviewing your agent. If all things were set aside and you were going to hire that agent, what price would they list the house at? If you didn't hire a fire based on what they'd list the house for, and and totally. that's the problem, but people do. People will say, "Well, that agent will sell it for more," so they hire that person even though they know they can't. Meaning the agent. Sure. All right. Uh, we have more show to come. If you, again, have a, a real estate type of question, call it in or send a text. The phone number is 651-989-9226. Text number is 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of the Real Estate Show here on News Talk 830 WCC. Again, if you have that kind of a question related to real estate, we always welcome yours uh, by phone, which is 651-989-9226, or send a text. Eight one eight zero seven. Have you ever? I'm looking at a text, guys. Have you ever had a house you could not sell at below market price? What was the reason mm. the house would not sell? Yes, there was a property a few years ago where it was openly disclosed that there was multiple murders in the house. Oh, wow. and and there was it was uh, basically it went for pennies on the dollar. The house was burned by the fire department. And uh, so, yes, there are times where houses don't even sell for under uh, market value. But Meaning the fire department used that as an as, as yeah, yes, ex- exercise. It was a, yes, it was a gift to the fire department. They burned uh, it down. Tax advantage. 
A tax advantage, yeah. But there was it was one of those situations where nobody wants to live there, and uh, regardless of the price. Okay. Yeah, if you want to send a text, 81807. Is there another Should one? do this one? Yeah. Guys, I've been in an association along with five homes in a circle about a block away from the actual association. All five homes would like to be removed. What's the proper procedure for removing them? Hmm. Well, that's, that's being in an association is on your title. I think we should ask that question last week when we had the guys in from Title Smart. But the uh, you're either in an association or you're not, and I don't I don't think it's as easy to be just be removed as as you think. It, it's one of those situations where if it's on your title, it's on your title because I mean they can ride above your mortgage and everything if you're not paying your dues. And so, you know, when you bought that property, that should have been in full disclosure. I guarantee you signed documents. Otherwise, the title company didn't do their job when you closed it. So. I would think that would all be in proper alignment, wouldn't you think, Chris? Yeah, it's just uh, I, I'm just thinking about that, and I'm, I guess why would you want to get out of the association? Is, there's one question, but I have seen associations mm-hmm. like that that, like, if there's a whole development that's kind of over here, yep. then you're just kind of off mm-hmm. by yourself. Sure. And five of them, we had an example like that in Prior Lake where they actually opted out of the other association, got out of it, mm-hmm. and made their own street association. Sure. So. Well, we we I live in one too where we have a pond, and then everybody that's not on the pond always has the argument of what benefit do we get, and I I understand that argument. I mean, it makes perfect sense. But the problem that everybody has is that that decision was made by you when you bought that house. You knew what you were getting into. You signed all the documents, you know. So it's like I hate to say boo hoo, but it's like you know, buyer beware on the front end, you know. Yeah, but it's like everything. Talk, yeah. talk, see what you can. Yeah, maybe figure the association out first. be willing to let you go, but it's still like I said, it's it's a title issue. It's not just a, a granting permission issue. Yep. What what you need to know before accepting uh, an offer. So if we have a if we have an offer, I mean, one of the main things is obviously is a, a, a that we know that they can afford it. So I mean, Travis, obviously, you yeah, pre approval letter. Got to get us a pre approval letter, and they're that. they're a lot different than what they used to be. I mean. Approval letter goes through a heck of a lot more than just, hey, yeah, we talked, and I think it can happen. Yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, there's still some, you know, mortgage people out there that, uh, you know, aren't really doing a full-fledged pre-approval letter. You know, maybe it's their buddy, you know, and they're just doing it on a whim, you know, to get something. But, yeah, but technically, you know, a, a true pre-approval letter is you've applied, you've, you know, credit's been reviewed, all your income and asset docs have been submitted, and you've been ran sort of some sort of automated underwriting system where you have an, a, have a legit approval. You know, and I like mm-hmm. to always, you know, if it's a, if someone's coming in on my listing and it's a buyer, I like to know that that agent has worked with that lender before oh, yeah. as well, you know, because if it hasn't been, I mean, it's just, I mean, truly it's, it's one person versus someone that's got more leverage to be able to make sure that this right. thing gets done and it's got priority. Well, you know, and you and I both have experience with this before, too, where we actually get the pre-approval letter and we go, uh-oh, I've done business with this lender before, and I, I did not have a good experience last time. And that's why you see people saying they have preferred lenders or they have – because there's a history with them and not necessarily weighing you know, a, a, a fee or whatever towards each other. It's more or less the history. I would say like when you have preferred builder lenders or preferred – you know, like when I get to somebody that comes to us and says we're not uh, approved yet, I'd say go to Travis because I trust Travis. Travis is one of those guys that will get the approval done. We know he does all the checks on the list and, you know, and it also offers great value to the consumer. So they're happy that they went. And uh, but, you know, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I I look at everything from the approval letter to earnest money. I think that's one of the other things I look at is that, you know, earnest money, which is like the how serious you are. But that seemed to have lost its teeth, too, a little bit. 
Well, just because it's, I mean, easy to get it back. That's what you I mean. Know? I mean, and it's really kind of sad. But, uh, you know, it just depends what type of language is written in there. And some people want, you know, really tough language in there. But some of that tough language sometimes, you know, when you're in a market that, hey, <laughs> they could go pick the other one down the street, mm-hmm. you know, and you go tell someone that, you know, hey, Travis, you're uh, it's 10000 earnest money. And if you don't qualify, you know, it's gone and done and uh, you're not getting it. I mean, that might right. make someone think twice about, well, is there something wrong with the house? Right. You know, is there a reason they're doing it now? Because in in because I have to have it in five weeks and six weeks. Is there, mm-hmm. you know, a new airport coming in? Right. You know, and they start bringing up things that, are, you know, aren't. There and so earnest money is a it's a tough one. There's there's things in our purchase agreement um, that outline when that earnest money becomes hard mm-hmm. per se. That if they don't follow through um, with the terms of the financing that they've been laid out by their lender, that if they don't close, that they can lose their earnest money. You guys run into that? Yeah, uh, I mean we've had three of them this year mm-hmm. that we ended up getting their earnest money on. I mean, from my side of things, you know, I, I've never had you know a loan get turned down, you know, kind of last minute after you do that pre-approval letter. So I don't really know how to, you know, answer that question from that side of things. But I know just recently here, um, you know, my, I have a borrower, um, you know, a first time home buyer buying a um, owner occupied duplex. And, um, and, uh, you know, we were, everything, like I said, everything was all done like a couple days before closing sewer backup, both units, whole basement, it got flooded with sewage, and um, now they're trying to get out of it. And now, it, you know, they're trying to get their earnest money back. You know, the agent necessarily not the best communicator and stuff like that. So it's just it's kind of a little bit of a mess. But it was nothing from the loan side of things. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, that happens a lot. I mean, situations happen and arise. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, the bud, the, the basement floods with all that stuff, and it changes your perspective on whether or not you want it or not. Well, and you got to read that purchase agreement because it does not necessarily release you just because that event happened. Usually you have to cooperate with the seller to get that remedied, but it doesn't release you of your contractual obligations to purchase. Interesting. All right, tell you what, let's take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go if you want to join in on the conversation and you have a real estate type of question, 651-989-9226 or send it text-wise, 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Uh, we have uh, a line open if you want to ask a question via phone, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. Guys, where do we go from here? Well, right before break, we were talking about mm-hmm. earnest money. Um, and I think earnest money, let's tie that in with like a down payment or how they're going to finance it. Right. Because I think that makes a lot more sense. So let's just say that you're coming in and you're trying to show how strong of a buyer you are and you're you're doing 30% down mm-hmm. and uh, it's a $500,000 uh, house and you put $1,000 earnest money, it doesn't make any sense. Right. You know what I mean? So on that kind of situation, you might want to go five or $10,000 just to show that, hey, I'm I'm strong here, you know, and that we're going to be good because you might be competing against, a, let's just say, an all-cash offer. Mm-hmm. And in reality, the only difference between a 30% down conventional and an all-cash offer is most likely the appraisal. Yeah. You right. know, but typically that's not going to. But you, let's go to all cash you. offers. I mean, you know, uh, I, I actually in today's marketplace, when I see all cash offers, I do things like intentionally make earnest money go hard immediately because if you have no contingencies, what's the point? And you're telling me you're going to show up and you're showing me proof of funds. The only difference between the cash and the bank is the bank's not going to manipulate the approval after it's done unless things change. A cash buyer 
could transfer money, move money. They they control everything right up to the last second until you close. So that's why when I get cash offers, I like to see them close quicker, and I like to see more earnest money. I want it to be hard earnest money, which means non-refundable. So and I don't is, know. How is, about you, Chris? Is, well, is that money liquid? Right. Or is it susceptible to the stock market dropping 800 points in the right. last couple of days? You know what I mean? And that they might not have the money. So that's that's a real good point. And, it, and it's getting that documentation. You know, from them, and that's really what a pre-approval letter is: is is you're just verifying that the bank is confident and they're going to give their money to you at, when it comes time to close. Yeah, I mean, you know, cash versus you know, cash offer versus uh, somebody getting a mortgage. I mean, really, at the end of the day, to the seller, they get their money. How do they care? You know how it came. You know, but you know, especially if you're you know, making offers and you're going over that list price. And as you mentioned, you know, appraisal could come into play, you know, what if, mm-hmm. you know, you got a borrower that uh, has the highest offer, but only putting minimum down. And, you know, what if the appraisal comes in less? Do they have enough to cover that shortfall and versus a all cash buyer? I mean, what is, no appraisal. Well, in, so. in, in our new world, a new construction world that happens a lot where somebody takes a big, you know, four bedroom house, takes it down to three or the model had the basement finished and four bedrooms up. Now you take the bedroom away and you don't finish the basement appraisals can be a huge challenge. I mean, I think over time, but the other one that I look at is like with financial contingencies, like Travis, how much do you expect from an agent that receives an offer? I mean, you obviously are expecting a call. I would assume from the agent for clarification um, or for validation that the approval letter is legitimate. Yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, especially listing agents that I have not worked for in the past or worked with in the past, you know, typically you get a, you you get a phone call, you know, they just validate, you know, have you, you know, checked all this stuff out? Yeah. So, and then, you know, one of the, you know, first things I, you know, ask those guys, because if they're calling me, there's probably a pretty good chance that Mm -hmm. they're going to accept that particular, you know, offer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I'll quick ask is, well, what kind of written statement you know, are we going to have? And what a written right. statement is, is um, your financing, you know, contingency. Uh, typically in the purchase agreement, there's a defined date where the loan, you know, has to be totally done, you know, totally clear to close, you know, X amount of time before closing, just so everybody can relax and not have to stress out about it. Well, and I had one other question with that kind of going into the financial contingency, like we, Chris, we're starting to see now in the market we're in where more people are coming in with the sale of their current home contingency, right? So they're, and then here's what I find interesting. Some loan officers, and I'm not, you know, obviously here to call them out, but what is your obligation? But you will. I will. Because okay. I've had where I've <laughs> called loan officers where they come in contingent and I've asked the loan officer point blank, can they qualify without selling their house? And the loan officer says, yeah, no problem. They're choosing to be contingent. Now, what are the obligations of you as a lender to protect? Because that's, in my opinion, that's motivation. You know, that's helping me as a as a listing agent understand more about I mean, you're educating me, yes, thank you. But and I'm not saying you did this, obviously it was another situation, but um h- how far can you go with explaining your, your client situation? Um, I mean you can't you can't I can't release all the fine details, you know, but but you can give a overall summary and and a lot of times you know, a lot of times a lot of that non contingent stuff is um um, and they have a house to sell and you're planning on using that, you know, it's about the down payment, you know, their down payment is mm-hmm. tied up, you know, they can easily afford, you know, the multiple mortgage payments, but they do they have enough. And then that's where you got to go in and, you know, look at, you know, how do you get that money before it's sold? You know, do they have a, you know, a 401k that they could do a quick, you know, 401k loan through, and then mm-hmm. when they sell their house, pay back their 401k loan, do they, 
do they have enough equity in the house to do a sufficient bridge loan? And in that instance, it's where I got to get another bank involved um, to handle that. Or do they have, you know, gift funds available from, you know, a family member that can help bridge that gap until they get their, their household. So as long as you can get past the down payment piece, you know, it's, it's, you know, yeah, I think the other thing too is that people. Some people are adverse to risk too. They can certainly afford both, and they don't want to. And they that, want to yeah, to sell theirs. And that's ultimately, it's like you know, with my clients, you give them the options, you lay it out, you know, but it ultimately comes down to them. You know, it's you know, what if the family's got you know, you know, two thousand dollars a month in daycare expenses going on that you know that's not taken into consideration in any of the you know financial calculations with conventional loans and. You know, on paper they can afford it, but reality, because of the because of the daycare expenses, mm-hmm. you know, they just can't swing it. You know, so you know. It, well, and the other part is, is that you know, accepting a contingent sale, meaning someone needs to sell their house by, prior to buying yours, typically they'll get the seller a better return. You know, and uh, they're willing to maybe pay more for them to be able to wait for them. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I'm I'm not one bit adverse. People say, oh, would you even look at a contingent offer? I said, absolutely we would. Yeah. You know, it just got to make sense. Now, if, if the backup house is going to be 100000 overpriced, well, that might be a problem. Right. But you know what? Hey, if it's a, it's a quick selling house and you know it's going to go quick, why wouldn't you? And if your seller doesn't, you know, maybe has a little extra time. So in your opinion, is it reasonable as a listing agent to request from the buyer's agent a copy of their market analysis that they've prepared for that house? C- certainly. Uh-huh. Or to tell me what they're going to list it at. Right. I mean, I'd want to know that. I'd want to have all the right. facts, you know, in yeah. doing it. But we've been successful on a number of those this year because too, yeah. you just got to deal with it. So I think it's great. And then it slows the market down. I think it makes a lot of people more comfortable, Danny, with the – getting into the marketplace when it can slow down a little bit so we can make decisions that we understand versus move, move, go, 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 you know? Stressful as it is. Yeah, you got it. More text questions. Concrete or asphalt driveway, which is better value for your home versus cost? I think it depends what price range you're in. But uh, I don't, it, obviously concrete is, is more expensive. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, asphalt that's in good yeah. condition, that's black, it looks really sharp too. So Yeah, I think it's it's a matter of opinion as to what kind of situation you have. It's also nice – Sometimes to have that asphalt drive when you're a southern facing, it melts your, you know, you have to shovel half the time, you know, I mean, it's a, a nice asset. But it was with the price of, you know, asphalt going up and some of the concrete leveling off, it, it was on the average driveway, it was about 3000 to $4,000 more to go to concrete, which is the more permanent solution. Generally, the rule is you can get twice the life out of a uh, concrete driveway than you can out of an asphalt. But that's just, you know, there you go. Okay, my girlfriend and I live together. We're both in our mid to late 50s. She rents a townhome out. But we're trying to decide if we should sell the townhome and put the money down on the house mortgage to pay it off sooner. Your thoughts? Obviously, if she rents out her, it's it's an investment property. Um, you're going to get taxed on that mm-hmm. uh, when you sell, even though I can't give tax advice, but you will. So you, it's not all the money that's uh, going into it over there. But I, th- I think that's personal preference yeah. and what people want to do if they want to sell it off and pay off their own house. You were just talking about that earlier yep. today, yep. that you were, you were going to go the opposite way, and now you're just going to pay off your mortgage. Yeah, that I told that, right? yeah. I mean, what if there's yeah. enough equity in that Nichols, house, of course. you know, enough equity in that townhouse that's a rental to be able to sell and, you know, make a huge dent on your current mortgage? I mean, isn't that kind of the kind of the, the end game is everybody wants to be debt free at some point in time? You know, if you can get there a little quicker. When does I'm that I'm going to have everything borrowed out at the end. <laughs> that's what I want. Yeah, my grandpa says, you'll have taxes till the day you die. So he goes, you always have a payment. So he goes, just keep working. But uh, no, that was uh, maybe bad advice, but. 
It's stuck in my head anyway. <laughs> That's why I'm still here. Yeah. 651-989-9226 <laughs> if you have a real estate question. Or send a text, eight one eight zero seven. We do have more uh, time. We're going to take a quick break here as usual, but we do have more shows. So call it in or send a text if you like. Fog and mist reported. Our CCO temperature reading 36. And welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on CCO. We're around every Saturday in the uh, 10 o'clock hour, always welcoming your phone calls and text messages related to uh, real estate. Uh, some good stuff, guys. Where, where are we going to go from here? Yeah, we got uh, Travis Whitford with Bay Equity with us and little Andy Prasky uh, at the I... other end of the table. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you call me little? Because you are. Have you seen our studio pictures? Okay, anyway. Um... Besides the fact. Um, interest rates. What are they doing with this whole stock market fund? You know, it's like traditionally it's, what do they do? Yeah, it's it's kind of weird right now. I mean, we for those that are following or the longtime listener of the shows, um, you know, understand that you know mortgage rates in the stock market, you know, kind of play off each other. Um, when the stock market gets beat down pretty good, like we saw, you know, historically rates get quite a bit lower. But here these last couple of weeks when, you know, the stock market's taken their five, 800 point loss or whatever, we haven't seen rates drop like you would have expected them to with that type of stock market loss. And, you know, and a lot of it, I think, has to do with, you know, over the years here, the feds were buying these Fannie Mae mortgage bonds and they're pretty much done doing that. So they were you know, they were putting millions and millions of dollars into buying these bonds that, that, that no longer is part of their overall, you know, macro strategic. So we're not seeing rates drop like we're used to seeing here over the last 10 years when we have a huge stock market loss. You know, I, I would have expected with some of these losses that we'd see maybe a eighth, eighth yeah. or a quarter reduction in rate, you know, that, that day. And we're just not getting it. But I don't know if they're I – I wonder if the, they're thinking, hey, it's just volatile right now. It's just going back and forth. Let's not make a move here until we see some sort of pattern. Right. And, you know, with how volatile it is here these days, I mean, obviously people are happy, you know, over the last couple of years. You know, their their 401Ks, their investments have all jumped up a lot. And, and uh, you know, now we, we're starting to see some pretty significant losses. But, you know, still compared to where it was, you know, a few years back, I mean, it's still sitting – Pretty fabulous spot, yep. but but as far as overall rates, um, you know, five is the new four right now. You know, so um, for those that uh, haven't really been following mortgage rates of late, you know, it's just been you know four, four, four for you know now it's you know now it's five. You know, yeah, yeah, and which, it's just what it is, and it's what it had to be, and and it's here. So I mean, I think that gives everything more stability. You know, with, with this with this increase in rates too, it almost. You know, it's like the whole affordability thing, you know, buy that same house with the percent higher rate, you know, it costs a lot more to do it. And, you know, I think the numbers work out for, you know, for every percent increase in mortgage rates, you almost need to see about a 7% decline in housing prices to have the same affordability. Yeah. You know, Andy, we're spending a lot of time um, meeting with sellers mm-hmm. that uh, to get ready for next year. Yeah. And uh, I just love it when they call in the fall. Yeah. So we get it done kind of in this kind of Thanksgiving to Christmas time, kind of get them all prepped up and ready. Mm-hmm. And so then we're ready to go, you know, when, when again, that price segment kind of hits. Yeah. Uh, good. And so uh, – well, if you're a planner, well right I th- yeah, I think if you're a planner, this is a wonderful time of year to get that project started. 
Um, you can have because the agents are available. The usually the interior decorators, the stagers, you know, your remodelers. A lot of times this time of year they slow down and they're they're getting to that point of where they're getting ready for some spring work or winter work. You know, the inside stuff is what they're looking for. So. You know, it's it's just a. I think it's a, a combination of good things if you're thinking about selling in spring. And what I mean by spring is, I'm talking February, March. I'm not talking April, May. You know, because winter for us is the hottest season is right after the Super Bowl, and it seems like for about three months, two months after the Super Bowl, we have probably one of the hottest. We used to call it spring. It's kind of winter spring markets. So if you want to get in on the action when the action's hot, that's generally a good window to land in. If you can't. Like a lot of people, it seems like the last couple of years, they start now and they don't get at us till July or June. Right. And then we're kind of getting to the end of the spring push because if you have a house that has lots of bedrooms, usually that means there's kids and then you can't get in before school starts. So you want to time it around school if you have lots of bedrooms, but um, I don't know, whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, we're, we've been doing um, some seminars this fall and it's, it's it's been really interesting because we always do a show of hands, you know, like hey, who's going to list their house in the next six months? And it's mostly people that are coming are from a year to three years out, which I think is really good, yeah. I mean, to be able to come in and start getting ready. We're doing um, – actually got another one December 15th. If anyone's interested, go to our Facebook page, uh, Real Estate Radio Hour on Facebook, and uh, on December 15th and kind of doing how to how we actually position homes to be able to sell. So taking uh, an example of a home and showing you all the things that we did and kind of thought about and how to, what buyers were going after to be able to get the maximize your investment. So kind of funny, Andy, you should yeah. show up. I uh, would love to. Yeah. I know Especially if there's treats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. 651-989-9226 is our phone number. Uh, text number, by the way, is 81807. Okay, hey, when you're doing that whole offer thing, we'll go back to that. We forgot uh, there's usually a little inspection that comes in into play there. Yeah. I think when people, you know, write an offer, I mean, kind of the new norm uh, now is to be able to give 10 days, you know, to be able to do that. And basically what happens is that it, it's, it's in the buyer's hands for 10 days. You know, it, they're kind of deciding whether or not they want the house or not. So that's a good thing to be able to kind of, if you got a hot house, that you can negotiate a little better. Or... You know, if you're nervous about an inspection, why don't you get one ahead of time? You know, and yep. we've, we've started seeing people starting to do that now because of this whole time frame that it's kind of like, hey, 10 days, we're losing all this market time. Right. You know, and my, my listing goes from super hot to now it's just like yep. someone else so, didn't want it. Why so would I want it? Are you saying to have the seller get their own yeah. inspection? Yeah. They, just well, to know let me give you a quick example. Confident. The biggest hurdles we run into are compliance on well and septic when we have our acreage properties. Having that well and septic um, uh, actually inspected and certified ahead of time so that they're ready to go. Um, furnaces, if your furnace is older than I'd even say, you know, five years old, have it inspected and certified that it's running properly and they put the tape on it or whatever so it's, it hasn't been touched. That's important. I think that you take a look at all of your appliances, make sure everything works. Open and shut, work with all your windows. Anything that looks like water staining will always stop an inspection in its tracks. Then they want to investigate. So if there's anything that you can do, like if you just have neglected to clean that spot up, you already know it's not a problem anymore. The window leaked. Now it doesn't. Fix the problem. Yeah, and if you, But if you think it's a problem, too, or you think there's going to have problems with something, yeah. you might want to mention that, like in your disclosure statement. Sure. You know, and what that does is then it becomes not such a shock or a new negotiation point. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know what, you already knew that. Well, that's what how we that? say the people. We've had deals where, you know, you trip over the front step because it's so rickety. 
and then they write their offer, and then it comes back on the inspection saying that they, they want the front step. And I said, you tripped, you tripped over it on your way into the house and you wrote the offer. So you obviously knew about that before the inspection. And they said, well, we wanted to put it in the inspection report. And I go, we assumed you made your offer based on already seeing that. So we're not going to accept that. So, I mean, it's, it, there is a, there's a game to be played there a little bit, but just understand that if you can see it and it's obvious, that has to be reflected in your first offer. Your, in, your inspection is really designed to see – to make you aware of the things that you don't see to the naked eye. That's what that inspector comes in and looks at. I always say our negotiations start before that buyer even shows up at that house. Yep. It always does. We're, we're preparing for what their objections are going to be. And then how do we lay out that information so it's not a problem later on? Yeah, true. So, all right. What, what, <laughs> I don't think we should say that text message. No, they want to thank Travis for all the good information. Yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. Read that. Read that one more time, please. It says, "Please thank Travis for great information." What, what does the other sentence say? <laughs> Love, mom, and dad. Probably <laughs> one of my probably one of my friends that was listening. The show, yeah, it probably, probably not one of Andy's. It says the show should be Rooney and Travis. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's not very nice. I, I know who it is. <laughs> it's a mutual friend of all of ours. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> Look at him over there. He's almost crying. So, anyways, and a holiday weekend. No, he's I know. Andy's Isn't he speechless. just rude? <laughs> Rude. <laughs> market market still is moving though. There's no question that it's it's still moving. Uh, people are looking, so I don't think I'd be too afraid. Uh, there is a couple people that we're putting actually listings on in the start of December here, which I was kind of surprised. But let's go. We're, we're not stopping. I mean, yeah. the market's hot. There's still people out there. There's buyers out there. Just make sure you're being smart. I think that if you're gonna sit still and you're not gonna make any changes, you're not gonna improve your property. Like the first caller said, um, you know, we were talking to Tom about that, and he said, you know, should we leave it on the market? And I would say to Tom, if, if you're leaving it the same and you're not making any changes, I, I would not leave it on the market. Maybe I would pull it. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to make some of those changes, modifications, and keep fighting the fight, you know, listen to your feedback and uh, adjust. Prasky.com. Thank you. ChrisRooney.com. For me, Travis, how do they get a hold of you? TravisMNLoans.com. Hmm. Just like that. There Just like that. We ended the show, and thank you, Denny, for and- coming. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, next week? You'll be back? Yes. We will be. Okay, good. We welcome again uh, uh, listening and asking your real estate questions next week, too, either by phone or by text, as usual. Thank you, guys. We'll see you back here uh, next week. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.